The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about eight miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 10 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. In our series on family matters, we've come to the role of the husband in the family. Husbands are instructed to love their wives as Christ loved the church. The kind of love we are supposed to have for our wives is a Christ-like love, which is an active love. Throughout Scripture, we learn that love is a verb and not a noun. Whether the feelings are there or not, we must demonstrate love toward one another and in particular in the marriage relationship. The role of the husband is extremely important in the marriage and in the family, and it's so important that we understand what God expects from us as husbands. I hope you'll stay tuned for the message today, but first we have a song selection that we hope you'll enjoy. Tears fly my eyes, I
So that's the command to love. Let's, let's talk about in the time we have left the command to lead. Because husbands, we're commanded to lovingly lead our wives. In Ephesians 5 and verse 23, we're told the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And that simply means that he's the leader. You know, we talked about this when we talked about the wives' uh, duties in the marriage, and we said that there's no difference in value or, or, or there's no difference in quality. It's just a matter of God has put the husband in charge of the family and has charged him with the leadership. In 1 Corinthians 11:3, we read that I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is the man and the head of Christ is God. So right in the middle there, we read about the husband being the head of the wife. But the first thing we read is that Christ is the head of the man. He is the head of the husband. It, just in the same way Christ is submissive to God, the husband is to be submissive to Christ. And so it is indeed a loving leadership, as we've already discussed. Before he can be her leader, he must love her. He must love her. You know, I've said this before many times from this pulpit. Nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. The wife doesn't care how smart you are. The wife doesn't care how, how amazing you think you are <laughs> until she knows how much you love her. You see, that's where it begins. That's where it begins is loving her. And notice in verse 26, we see that this, kind, this leadership is not only a loving leadership, it is a sanctifying leadership. Ephesians 5, 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Now notice this comes on the heels of verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. You know what this means, husbands? This means that we are accountable for the spiritual growth of our wives. We are accountable for the spiritual growth of our families. The word holy there means to purify or to, to consecrate. It means to separate from profane things and, and, and to point towards things that are dedicated to God. The word cleanse there is, is, is just given the idea that in this world we get dirty. In this world we get covered with the flesh and with sin. And it's our jobs to sanctify and cleanse our families. You know, I've heard it said before that uh, the husband sets the, sets the thermostat in the home. He sets the thermostat in the home. Uh, he sets it where it's supposed to be, and the wife can tell you the temperature. <laughs> you know, a lot of times when things get off in our homes, men, it's our fault. You wonder why your wife's having struggles. You wonder why your children have... Maybe, maybe we need to look inward at ourselves because sometimes... We don't set the thermostat in the right place because it's our job to sanctify, to sanctify our families, to sanctify our wives. And that means to cause them to grow spiritually. Well, guess what? There's only one way to do this, husbands, and that's by staying in the word ourselves. Staying in the Word. Remember what the Word of God is all about? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished in all good works. 
See, it's our jobs to do that. And the only way to do that is to stay in the Word and know where the, where the thermostat ought to be set. If you don't have the standard, if you don't have the, the, the basis and the foundation, you're not going to know where, the, where to set the thermostat. So when the world assaults your family, when the philosophies of Satan that are out there tell you that marriage is something different than a husband and a wife or that, it's, that, that, that uh, anything outside of marriage is okay, no, then you'll know where to set the standard. It is on a godly marriage of a husband and a wife. The husband has to stay in the Word. The husband has to lead his family in the Word. And also, the way we do this is by staying in church. Staying in church. Do you want to be Christ-like? And turn sometime. You don't have to turn there now, but read in Luke chapter 4 and verse 16. We're told that Jesus came to Nazareth, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue. You know, you know we talk about habits. We talk about customs that we have, our most overriding habit ought to be to be in the house of God when it's open. It ought to be in the house of, we ought to be in the house of God. He says, we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. There are many that do, but we're to be here. A man cannot lead his family if he is not leading them in church. And that doesn't mean sending them to church either. <laughs> Don't send your children to church. We're not on parents yet, but we're going to get there. Don't send them to church. Bring them to church, you see. Be there with them. I shared a Facebook post earlier this week that got a lot of hits, if you will. It says this. It says, when church becomes optional to us as parents, it will become unnecessary to our children. There's a lot of truth in that. One of the, one of the people who commented on that, it was a guy I know, and he said this. He said, when you can fill a stadium with 120,000 people on a Saturday to watch a pig run up and down the field but can't get 10 people in there on a Sunday, there's problems. <laughs> That's pretty good, isn't it? I know people that are not going to miss the ball game, but church is kind of optional. depends on how I feel. Now, look, I know I'm not, I'm not talking about the ox in the ditch, and I'm not talking about the uh, the times that, you know, occasionally you may have to be out. But I'm talking about the, 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 the times when, when, this, when the church is open. When the church, you know, it, it, I, I, I'll say it this way. A lot of churches, including ours, meet multiple times a week. You can hit one of them. <laughs> you can hit one of them, you see. If, if you, if you uh, can't, then I, I understand. You know whether you can or not. You know whether you can be here or not. So I'm not here fussing at anybody, but I'm telling you, our, our primary goal, whether we get here or not, our primary focus ought to be on the church. And being here, we cannot lead our families if we don't lead them to church. It is a sanctifying leadership. It is also a protecting leadership. Look at verses 28 here uh, and 29. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. The word nourish there means to nourish up to maturity or to train up. It's the same word used in chapter 6 and verse 4 about training up a child in the way they should go, nurturing, bringing them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Well, this is talking specifically about our wives, husbands. 
this is talking specifically about our wives, we're to nourish and we're to cherish our wives. Over in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7, we read about 1 Peter 3 and verse 7. Listen to this. He says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Notice what he says here. He says, We are to honor, give honor unto our wives. We are to honor them. We are to lift them up, not to tear them down. We are to nourish and cherish them. And we are to give honor unto them as unto the weaker vessel. Now that doesn't mean that necessarily the wife is physically weaker than the man. I know some relationships where that's not true. And it doesn't mean that she's mentally or emotionally inferior to the man in any way. Some relationships I know of where the wife is more spiritually uh, astute, more, more spiritually mature than the husband is. But notice what he's saying here. He's saying it's not because she's weak. It's the idea here of a fragile thing, a fragile vase. It's a vessel, that vessel being like something you keep oil in. And, and, and here's the idea is we're to give honor to them uh, as, un, or as, as unto the weaker vessel, like a fragile vase, like something you cherish and want to protect. Something that could be easily broken, but you're not going to let it be broken because you're going to put your arms around it, you're going to build walls around it, and you're going to take care of it. And listen, that's on you, husbands. It's not on her, it's on you. You are the leader. You are the spiritual protector, you see. And also, notice what else it says there. You know, I know, we kid about it, men, I get it. We'll be standing around talking most times when our wives aren't there. <laughs> we'll say things like, you just can't understand women, you know. I just can't understand the women, you know, that sort of thing. Well, the Bible says there's one you've got to understand. We are to dwell with our wives according to knowledge. You better get to know her. You better find out about her. You better make it your mission in life to learn what makes her tick, what her desires are, what, her, uh, what she doesn't like, the things that lift her up and build her up. That's your job. There's at least one woman, husbands, that we're required to understand, to dwell with them according to knowledge. And then finally, notice as far as this leadership goes, it is a cleaving leadership. Back over in Ephesians 5, it says, For this cause, verse 31, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Now where have we read that before? <laughs> I believe you go all the way back to the Garden of Eden when the woman was created. Adam said, this is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. It says, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife. Leaving and cleaving is the concept here. And the idea is just this, husbands. There's no room for anybody else. There's no, there's no room for anybody else in the marriage relationship. Hey, that doesn't mean you don't love your children and take care of them and help them in any way you can. It doesn't mean you ignore your parents. And, and, and leave them to language. But it does mean that your primary focus is upon your husband, upon your wife, husbands. And by the way, upon your husband 
if you're a wife. One thing that Sherry and I talked about as our children grew up, and as you know, three of them are married now, is that as much as we love them, as much as we want to help them, we can't interfere and come between them and their marriage. You know, I kidded around when uh, the girls were married and said, now you've always got a place here to come back to. But I quickly corrected that to make sure they understand you don't have a place to come back to. You don't. It's your job now. You have your own uh, uh, husband and family to focus upon, okay? Now, now listen, I realize that, you know, if, I also told my sons-in-law if they ever did anything to them, I know how to bury bodies where they can't be found. So, <laughs> so, so I'm not talking about that, okay? <laughs> Brother Bob, he knows what I'm talking about. I can get him to help me. <laughs> And we, we can get away with it. I hadn't been a prosecutor for 25 years and not know how to get away with it. But, but, um, but seriously, once that marriage is, is completed, once you, you have been married, then there's no room for old buddies. I mean, listen, it's fine to go out to eat with your friends. I've done that. It's fine to have a, you know, a, a girl's night out or a boy's night out every once in a while. But when that becomes the norm, there's a problem, you see. What a, you know, the idea here is of being glued together, okay? The idea is they're being glued. Think about what happens. I've already talked about this when we talked about marriage. When we glue something together, but there's little grit and maybe pieces of wood or something in between it, it's not going to stick very well, is it? You see, the glue has to be clean. The play, the, the, it has to be smooth, and you, you can't have anything in between. There's a... Uh, a verse, if I can find it, over in he yeah, Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, where he talks about marriage in verse 4. Listen to this. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. He's just saying there that, that the place for the physical relationship with, between, a, between a man and a woman is only within the bounds of marriage. That's the only place that it's honorable. Everywhere else, it's dishonorable. But then notice what he says, let your conversation or your lifestyle be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee so that we may boldly say the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Now, what if Christ has said to you, I, I, I just need a little time apart. I, I'm going to I'm going to take a little time out from you. I need some time away. I understand there's times when we as husbands and the wives as well need a little time just uh, in their prayer closet or to just to get away and to think and all that. But this idea here is about leaving. You know, what if Christ said, I'm going to leave you for this season because I'm too busy with my own stuff. Jesus said, I'll never leave you, forsake you. And that's the kind of loving leadership that we're to have. It's a cleaving leadership. And back over in Ephesians 5 as we bring this to a close. Notice he says, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Now, this is a mystery. A mystery in the scripture is not a mystery like we read about in the Hardy Boys or Scooby-Doo or something like that. <laughs> not something we have to solve on our own. The idea of a mystery in the scripture is, is that it, everything has not been revealed all at once. But over time, through the scriptures, he's revealing it to us. And this mystery that he's talking about here is now revealed. It's not the idea of an incomprehensible thing that we can't learn about. The idea 
is that always from the beginning of time, from the Garden of Eden, marriage should have reflected Christ in the church. But now that Christ has come, it has clearly been revealed. And he says, even in our marriages, we're to preach the gospel. Isn't that something? Even in our marriage, we're to preach the gospel. Did you know, husbands, when you love your wives, when she's not lovable, that you're preaching the gospel? Did you know that when you, when, even when you get to the point in your marriage where, where uh, the emotions have broken down, the, the feelings aren't there anymore, and yet you stay and you love her anyway, that you're preaching the gospel? Because that's what Christ did for us, you see. It's a mystery, not in the sense of incomprehensibility, but in the sense that marriage should reflect Christ in the church, and that has now been clearly set forth. Verse 33, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Notice that word, in particular. Husbands, we're to be focused only on our wives. I've read recently about this idea of a work spouse. <laughs> you know, that sort of came up in some of the magazines you read about, and some online blogs. You know, I have a work spouse. And the idea, I guess, is that it's um, somebody of the opposite sex that you confide in at work, and you, you know, it's no physical relationship there, a romantic relationship, but you're closer to them in some ways than you are your own, your own husband or your own wife. Well, that's contrary to the Word of God. That's contrary to the Word of God. I've got friends at work. I've got people I work with of both genders, both male and female. But nobody is closer to me than my wife. See, I'm not, in general, focusing on women out there. I'm, in particular, focusing upon my wife. And that's the way it is supposed to be. Now, I don't always get that right. I don't focus upon her like I should. But that's what we are to do. Next time, we're going to talk a little bit about some particular manifestations of this loving leadership, but we're going to bring it to a close here. But I want to, I want to close out by saying this. You say, say, preacher, I'm not a father or a husband, so, so you know, why should I be listening to this? Uh, you know, you say, well, I'm not even married. I, I, I don't, I don't, why should I be really paying attention? Well, I just put it this way. You're a child of God, aren't you? And as a child of God, you're an ambassador of the king. And there are others in your life that need to know these things. You're responsible to teach others and show that example. You may be a young man that hopes to marry sometime. You need to be aware of your duties. You, you may be someone who's been married. You need to know what the duties are. You say, preacher, I, I didn't know my... Uh, Father, or I had a I had an ungodly husband, and 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 the marriage was uh, destroyed by that. What what's what what I do there? Or maybe maybe you say, preacher, I was a terrible husband, and I caused problems in my marriage. Maybe you're in a marriage now, and you haven't been a godly father or husband. Well, you need to know what a godly husband is, because I got little news for you. None of us have gotten it just right. Even those of us that are still married have not gotten it just right. And you say, well, I really messed it up, preacher. I just, I don't know. You know, I wish I'd known these things years ago because I, I sure did make some mistakes. Well, 
I understand the regrets because I have them myself. But God's not a God of regret. God's a God of redemption and repentance. And you know what he tells us? He says today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that we're to start doing what he says to do. I, I, can, I can tell you this. I know you don't have to tell me you messed it up in the past. I know you did. You know how I know you did? Because I did. <laughs> but I'm going to try from this day forward to get it just a little more right and a little better, do it just a little better than I have in the past. See, all the philosophies of men will fall. But the word of God will endure forever and it will guide us as we go forward in our lives. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.